0: Spiritual Life Center.
1: around the room I felt a little bit like Miss Nancy on Romper Room. I see Walter, I see Pat, I see all these people who I haven't seen for a really long time. It's very nice to see you and hopefully next time I see you we'll actually be able to hug. No hugs today unless you're a dog. I make exceptions and I'm happy to hug dogs whenever they cross my path. I was watching my neighbor's dog not too long ago, sitting in the front yard. She's kind of old. She just kind of hangs in the front yard and watches everybody go by. And she saw a squirrel go by. And it was fun to watch her reaction to the squirrel because she, her ears stood up and her tail wagged a little bit and she made this cute little noise. And I thought, oh, that's so cute. Look at the dog. She's imagining she's chasing the squirrel. And then I thought, I don't know if dogs have imaginations. I have no idea if they do. So I was imagining that the dog was imagining that she was chasing the squirrel because we try to impose things on other people using our imaginations. We imagine something and then we imagine that everyone else thinks exactly the same way. And we imagine that all beings around us must have imaginations because we do. It's kind of weird that way. But our imaginations are such a tool for us to use and such a cause for us to celebrate that we have to talk about it today. It's a nice way to connect with our inner selves, that little kid that's in all of us, and it's a nice way to connect with spirit, too. A long time ago, I was not a little kid at the time, but I was in an audience filled with little kids. We were observing, a play just for little kids. It was called Marmalade Gumdrops. And in this play, one of the characters explained the whole premise behind the title. He said, you know, there are a lot of gumdrops in the world. And they're all really good. They all have sugar. They're all sweet. They're really quite tasty. Lots of them. But they don't have any flavor. There's no particular flavor to a lot of the gumdrops. But if you can get your hands on a gumdrop that has a certain flavor, a flavor that you really like, maybe the flavor of the marmalade you put on your toast in the morning, then you really have something that's special, that'll make you smile. And the line from that play that explains all that is, imagination is like marmalade gumdrops. Once you've tried it, you'll never settle for just playing. That stuck with me for a long, long time. Our imaginations are special tools that we have. Now, I admit, without too much hesitation, I admit that I watch Sesame Street. I'm not the only one you watch Sesame Street too. Wow, you know, whenever I see those characters, I feel a lot better. And I had heard that there were other grown-ups in our area who also watched Sesame Street. I didn't know you were going to be in the same room with me. Welcome, Sesame Street fans. (laughs) Linda Ronstadt has said in a lot of interviews that she had a crush on Kermit. Well, of course, she was referring to one specific show where she met Kermit for the first time and sang, I've got a crush on you, sweetie pie. So she continues to talk about her crush on Kermit to this day. Just one of many examples where a frog and a princess get together. She also told me that she watches Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, which I thought was very special because I watch Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, and it's probably the only thing Linda Ronstadt and I will ever have in common, so it was fun to hear that. I don't know about you, but I am absolutely drawn in to the fantasy of shows like this. Sesame Street in particular, I forget what's real and what isn't real. It's so easy to forget. I cross that line between reality and imagination and I hear myself saying oh Rudy's so cute, oh Abby's so helpful, oh I just love Oscar and I know they're not real but I allow myself to slip into that place where I accept them as if they are real. The company that produces Sesame Street is called Children's Television Workshop. And it was their goal and their intention from the beginning to create a show that would allow learning tools for young people who didn't have access to early learning in other places. So it was really important that they have letters and numbers. And it was really important that they have a sense of community. And it was really important that they show in that sense of community how people of different races get along. You know, green and yellow and red and pink and brown and white and black as well, orange, all of those races are all getting along so well on Sesame Street. So it has always taught children from a very early age to project beyond what you know, to use your imagination because kids are naturally much more imaginative than adults. But we can learn. About 20 years ago, there were some TV commercials for Hewlett Packard, and they asked the question, what if? What if? Now, when we look back at what they were asking today, it seems kind of silly, because they were sitting there with this group of, imaginary software engineer sitting in this commercial for Hewlett-Packard imagining what could be and saying, what if you could just type something that you wanted to know and it would pop up on your screen? (laughs) (laughs) What if you could do your taxes on your computer? (laughs) What if you could have a conversation with somebody far away and actually see them talking to you? Well, now we know that they use their imaginations and they use them successfully and all of those things came to be. But they also came to be because somebody somewhere in a room said, What if? So I think we should try it. I think we should try it. Because I think if we use our imaginations the right way, we can have that moment where we bring our thoughts into reality. We could have a wonderful way to connect with each other. We could really do something. It could be the beginning of a big spiritual movement. Oh, wait, no, that's new thought. I think we're already doing it. (laughs) But we're already doing it because somebody said, what if? But it worked. And here we are. So what are the questions you could ask? What if everything will be okay? What if everything is already okay? What if I'm okay? What if you're okay? What if everyone around me is a creation of the divine? Now this is where I lose a few people because everyone says, yeah, okay, but not that guy down the street who plays the really loud music. I'm not sure he's a creation of the divine. So we're gonna do that one again. What if everyone around me is a creation of the divine? Okay, that was better, good. What if you always know the right thing to say? What if you always know the perfect thing to say? What if you are perfect? What if everyone is perfect? Imagine that. No, really, I want you to imagine that. Imagine that everyone is perfect. You can take that out of the sanctuary today and take it with you and put it to use. One of my favorite adult teachers is somebody who a lot of you know, a unity minister named Wayne Manning, who generously taught me about what if. If I would ever say to him, Wayne, I'm having trouble with such and such, he'd say, well, what if you weren't? Wayne, I don't know about this or that. Well, what if you did? (laughs) It kind of throws things out of whack when you're trying to complain to somebody to have them just say, what if? But it works. It works, and it was an opportunity to remind me that I can reframe my doubt and imagine it as possibility. Reframe my doubt and imagine it as possibility? What if we do solve climate change by 2035? What if you do live happily ever after? I see the gears turning here. I think, I think you're catching on to this. I don't know about you, but I didn't always think of myself as being very creative, because I thought to be very creative you had to be a songwriter or a painter it took me a long time to realize that creativity and imagination happen all around me. It just comes out in different ways. There are people who are using their imaginations to build bridges and create budgets and program computers and software. We think of some of those pursuits as scientific, but actually they're an imaginative spin on science, and we'd be lost without them. Speaking of science, there's a lot of research, and you can tap into this research by using a very imaginative tool called Google. There's a lot of research that shows that our imaginations improve our mental health, which improves our physical health. And I knew that, you know, but I didn't know why. And I found out why. Because if you are Using the part of your brain that's really troubled and really worrying about problems, that's this thing over here, that's that part of your brain. But when you use your imagination, you tap into a completely different part of your brain that's untroubled and free to travel, free to fly. And so that overrides some of that negativity, and you feel lighter your stress level goes down, literally, your blood pressure goes down. So imagination frees your mind and frees your body and makes you feel better. Imagination also helps your relationship because you're separating that part of your brain from that part of your brain, and you can see people in a new way every time you run into them. So if you had a problem with someone before playing too much loud music down the street, next time you see them, you can reimagine that. You can see them a little bit differently. With practice, your imagination improves your view of reality. It allows you to see what you hadn't seen before, and it allows you to see that anything is possible, and it allows you to release joy within you. So I sat down to decide what brings me joy. Not folding the towels a certain way in the drawer. No. (laughs) What brings me joy is pretty much anything from John Cleese. (laughs) There is timing and material and delivery. That sense of humor always brings me joy. Music by the Beatles, although I think this week I was a little more Rolling Stones, understandably. But just certain music just makes me happy. You have your own music that makes you happy. I get joy from hummingbirds and butterflies and children laughing and lovely gardens. And there are things that I can do that maybe you've done. Maybe you're gonna start doing them. Things that we can do that will bring us joy. When was the last time you jumped rope? <laughs> when was the last time you blew bubbles? When was the last time you planted something? Okay, not just planted something, but sat in the dirt and played a little bit in the dirt. When's the last time you did that? It brings joy. Just wear a fuzzy bathrobe, put on a mask. I was narrating Peter and the Wolf with some people from Sac Ballet last weekend. And the guy who was playing the wolf was like, imagining that he was the wolf. And he was just mean and nasty. And he came out and all the kids laughed at him. They were like, yeah, right, yeah, you're the wolf. You're real mean and nasty. (laughs) Kind of blew his mind. But they saw through it. They giggled. They saw the role that he was playing. And they were still able to have fun. Put on some ears. Put on a mask. Have some fun with that. You're all probably aware that in Australia, the COVID lockdown happened only a couple of months ago, much more recently than what we went through. I have a friend who lives in Australia who is an art therapist. And as soon as everybody locked down, she got in touch with her friends and she said, I have toys. I'm an art therapist. I'm willing to share my toys with you. And so, by request, she made little care packages and dropped them off at the front porches of people she knew. Legos, puzzles, plush toys, rocks and shells, crystals, crayons, all the things that you need to have some joy, to use your imagination and to combine those two, joy and imagination. You can do something that you did as a kid to combine those two, or you can find something new. But just find something, have fun, get that joy going, use your imagination. I'm telling you all of this because imagination is such a good fit for what we know to be true in new thought. We bring to fruition what we think, what we believe, and it's as simple as that. But we have to imagine it. On hot, smoky days, we can imagine cooler, clearer days. On days that don't go exactly as I had anticipated, I can imagine something more pleasant. It's a way to live and a way to be. And you know that because you're in this room. You know that but now we can put it to work in a new way, we can refresh our memories and put it to work again. Looking and seeing and reflecting, using compassion, those are all things we know, they're all things that benefit from your imagination, especially compassion with that guy down the street who's still playing the loud music. (laughs) What we say comes to pass, what we think comes to be. So we may as well imagine something Really nice and really helpful. We're co creating. And I want to co create in a way that I'm doing something good for the end game. You do too, and I have a vested interest in this. I want you to have a really good end game because our end games are each other's. You don't have your own private end game, and I don't either. We're sharing all of that. That energy we're putting out now is affecting what we're doing here, what we're doing next week, your children, your grandchildren, and on into eternity. So let's imagine something really good. Let's imagine something that's going to work for us for ages. That energy keeps going. I want to feel joy, so I want to feel joy for whoever comes next. I want to have equity now, I want to deliver equity to whoever comes next. And everything I do makes it so. And my imagination is the bridge from here to there. My imagination is what connects the present to the future. Now, if I still haven't convinced you about how to use your imagination, then I suggest you just go home, sit in a chair, put your feet on the floor, and your hands in your lap, close your eyes, and meditate. Because every meditation involves imagination. How many guided meditations have you heard that say, picture yourself in a lovely forest, (laughs) sitting by a stream? They just take you right out of where you are and put you somewhere else. You have to use your imagination in order to meditate. Bring golden light in through the top of your head and breathe out those gray toxins. This is a good day to be breathing out those gray toxins. (laughs) You see it in your mind's eye. You have to use your imagination to pull this off. During our lockdown, I accidentally developed a really nice way to meditate and calm myself and actually just go to sleep. I started thinking instead of the stress of the day, of lockdown, I started thinking about where I would eventually travel and what I would eventually pack. So I'd go to bed in the evening, and I'd turn out the light, and I'd close my eyes, and I would think, "Okay, it could be a summer trip, or a winter trip, or a long-range hike, and I've got the bag in front of me, and I'm going to put the socks over here, and the toothpaste over here, and in 30 seconds, I was out. I was asleep, because my imagination taking me out of that problem area and into something lighter and brighter just released everything. It's a wonderful way to use an imagination. And just imagine this, if you are breathing in that golden light, if you are exhaling those grey toxins, maybe we really will stop climate change by 2035. It could happen. But we have to be it. We have to be it, and we get to celebrate it. Don't settle for anything less than your wildest imagination. Imagination is like marmalade gumdrops. Once you've tried it, you'll never settle for just plain. And so it is.
0: We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center